Welcome to Say That, the podcast where your big questions get real answers. My name is Matt King. I'm your host here in the city of Chicago, and joining me here is Glenn Fitzgerald, the president of Mission USA. I've just had enough. Totally understandable. Also joining us, Jed Burr, the director of Mission USA Productions. That, that seems reasonable, i got to be honest. Yeah. Also joining us all the way from Mercury, Tennessee, one of the pastors of Christ Community Church, Lee Younger. I feel great, guys. <laughs> that's That's must be nice for you. Seems like he's just rubbing it in. Yeah, he's feeling great at us. Yeah. Well, Lee feels great. You're t- you're sick of it, yeah. So we should probably just you know just get going. You or? know what? Yeah, that's you know. Let's just get right down to Power it. Power through yeah. it. Yeah, I'll yeah. get my get my notes ready. And... That's right. Okay, so. let's do it. Good foley. On yeah, that, thank by you. The I way. appreciate that. On that basis, I declare an emergency. <laughs> Given that we're recording this while the Copa America is still going on, that's very appropriate. Yeah, here's what I'm talking about. I have an emergency. And and here's the title of this emergency. One little man just can't take a day off. (laughs) Okay. We don't normally title the emergencies. This must be serious. We had a week, and I want the people uh, to give me sympathy and understanding. Okay. Okay. this, this This is sort of a side point, but I think it helps to bring this out. Uh, I was having a conversation recently, and we were discussing that the health, mental health benefits of just simply declaring, I want sympathy and attention. Sure. I want you to give me sympathy and attention right, right. now. Yeah. So just say those is, words out loud. I believe that is a strategy uh, developed in your marriage, if I'm not That's mistaken. absolutely correct. And are you, from your co-hosts in this moment, requesting sympathy? That's right. Okay. Okay. Give me sympathy and attention right now. Okay. Stop everything. Because I tried this uh, last week. Uh, uh, to have a day off. Now, okay. it's it's not last week as they hear this. No. Right. Because they hear it at a different time than, than we record it. Right. Uh, at first, I was confused about how what's the, how does that work. You were the right. only one. It, because I was like, do they hear it in the future? Right. And then Matt was like, well, technically, yeah. Is this the part we're giving attention to sympathy on? No. Okay. Oh. So no sympathy on this part. That for I your inability have, to understand the basic you, concept you, of time-shifted media. You, that was, it was good of you to point out, I should have technically said attention and sympathy pause. Okay. Oh. And then made a, com, a comment about uh, time-space dynamics and this right. quantum singularities. So we're, we're running this sympathy and attention on playground rules where you can call a timeout and a time That's in right. if necessary. That's exactly right. Okay. Uh, okay. So... So I, I that was my bad. Okay, and you know I'm a stickler for parliamentary breach of order there. Yeah, so here here's what happened is I'm trying to have a day off. Time uh, attention and sympathy on. Okay, oh, go, okay, go. And oh. uh, tell me, tell me more, <laughs> dude. You need a day off, man. Here's I the funny thing. Here's the day. funny thing about Glenn. When you actually give him active sympathy and attention, it creeps him out. That's right. Yeah. So it's real double edged sword. Here's what I'm saying is the man needs. And I'm referring to myself as yeah. a little man because I'm not a tall person. Okay. Uh, I'm small. But you make up for it with your presence. Well, that's right. And I'm. It must I'm, be tough not being a tall person. That was, again, mm-hmm. see, I should. Uh, see, you got to be gotta, clear. I got to say, you got to give a clear signal. Sympathy off. That's not, that's not the part. You got to. <laughs> oh, okay. 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 I got confused. Oh, okay. Here's the part. Sympathy on. <laughs> Game on. <laughs> thank, 
Thank you, Matt. It's complicated. This stuff is complicated. Occasionally, a car drives through your sympathy game here, and you got to move the goals out. I've, now they're back. Sympathy on. Right, exactly right. You got to move to the <laughs> side you, of the street, and then I I feel like as men, we're not really equipped to handle this kind Clearly of. Clearly not. You know, That's true of almost everything on this show. Right. So the the little man, myself, mm. small and yes. adorable. Okay. You basically put me in your pocket, take me home. I have to have a day off because of the things and the people with the stress and the I'm running things. Dude, that must the, be hard. Thank you. The things sound really difficult. So, so far, Lee's winning sympathy. Okay. I just want to say that. Okay. But that's not be, fair. He's got a genetic advantage over Jed and I by being a good person. That's right. It must be He's tough doping. Only having one <laughs> of your three listeners be good at sympathy. That must be hard. <laughs> So, so, not bad. Uh, Thank you. You're kind of, you're kind of you're yeah. biting on his heels. Here's what happened. I'm trying to have a, a day off, okay? Okay. And How's you, it going? Well, here's what happened is, like probably a lot of you, I have the Twitters. Yeah. Sure. And what what it does is it sends me things. Now, I'm pretty sure that I I don't want it to send me things, but it sends me things anyway because... That's how it does. I can't be bothered to set a thing to right. tell it not to. Sure. Doesn't Twitter I, even care that you need a day off, dude? This is exact. The, Lee is all over this. Yeah. Okay. The, Twitter's a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> so that's more anger than sympathy, but good. Okay. Uh, that's, okay. That, well, that's as, as a male person, that's the sure. only way we know how to process yeah. things. It's just anger. That's more mutual in, mutual enemy than sympathy towards Lee. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. in there. Okay. So. I look on the Twitters, and here's what happened. Okay. Within a few moments, one of my employees reports that he has nearly exposed his private areas to the general public. Okay. Which is a disturbing. You don't want to see that. You That's know. rough. Yeah. <laughs> it's important for uh, it's important for this story for the listeners to understand that Glenn only has two full-time employees. Yeah. That's right. They're on this show. Yeah. And... Uh, one of them uh, was uh, involved himself in a changing room fiasco mm. that nearly involved. Fiasco uh, is correct. Now, can I ask uh, you a question, Glenn? Yeah, buddy. Like when you hire somebody who's a black belt, you probably think when it's your day off, he can handle himself in a changing room. Well, yeah, you know, in agility. Here's know. the thing. I'm going to see out for myself here. It was an extensive interview process, and at no point did you ask. Are you capable of changing pants without falling backwards <laughs> into a curtain? That's you know that's a fair. And we can that's a fair run that up point. the pole to HR, and that's right. for next time. For next time, absolutely. I'm always going to be asking that from now on. Can, can you take pants on and off? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a little known fact too about the taekwondo because of course Matt King, ladies, is a black belt in the taekwondo. Come on now, it's a long ladies. time ago. I'm basically a broken person. Now. I, I believe, and I could have the terminology wrong. Is that the second Dan? Where right, you get you know something. kind of your next notch up. That's right. actually the test is putting on pants in a dressing room and sure. not fog backwards out of it's it. It's like a so. bounce. It's like a, <laughs> yeah. a crane. Yeah, with your you, exactly. You it's just a, like that. It's like a karate kid, basically. Yeah, just like I didn't that. make it that far. Yeah. Now, yeah. but here's what happens: is uh, do did he do it on purpose? We don't know. Sure. You know, we don't know. Is knowing he, Matt, it seems pretty doubtful that he would do that on purpose. I well, you know, the, but on a day off when you're already it stressed must be off. hard not knowing. See, it's like with, he's getting it really good. He, it's like he's. I feel like we're watching Jed grow into this. That's right. 
Okay. Then, a scant few moments later, I get another Twitter thing. Right. Sure. That says... You got tweeted on. I got tweeted that Jed is having a crisis of his own. Okay. I did? Yeah. Okay. What did I do? Same day. What was the thing? Jed, I believe, you may have noticed if you uh, are television watcher or Hulu watcher, you may have seen advertised... Our friends at Burger King have some unholy concoction called the Mac and Cheetos. Yeah! Now you think to yourself, what kind of a person would eat that? What's the market for this? (laughs) Who wants this? Jed Brewer. Yep. So at the time that I am nigh on tumbling backwards, rear end over tea kettle into a full store because the dressing room did not have a door, but had a curtain, (laughs) which... Not enough structure right. for people like me. Jed was somewhere efforting getting the Burger King Mac and Cheetos. Yeah, that's Here, true. Here's here's what the this ment- was a lot to Glenn for taking. The, the, to take the mental image of Matt on his hands and knees with his pants <laughs> around his ankles, crawling into the dressing room, the, into the dressing room, <laughs> combined with Jed doing what we would normally think of as horrible shame eating. Yep. Yeah. Except for <laughs> not a shame. Jed has no shame. Yeah, no, that's great. So this was a lot to process. This is all I'm saying. That is tough, and I am sorry you had that kind of a day. Man, it's like your employees don't even care about you, dude. Thank you, Lee. <laughs> Lee is crushing this this attention and sympathy moment that we're having. I'm going to call Tom and just make up bad things that Lee did. Yeah. <laughs> well, w- would you like to have something to make you feel better? Absolutely. It would be basically you feeling better off of my suffering. Will that help? Fantastic. Okay. Again, not quite sympathy, but apparently Glenn likes it just as I, much. I think the the German word for sympathy is schadenfreude. Which is a new Burger King entree. It's coming soon. Is so it? Okay. I go to the Burger King and... Um, and I pull up to the drive-thru, and uh, you know, the gal says, Welcome Burger King, can I take your order? And I say, yes, I would like an order, a piping hot order for your new Mac and Cheetos. Very Lord. excited. And she says, yeah, we don't, we don't have those. And dejectedly, I say, okay, um, wh- when do you think you'll have them? I don't know, Monday, I guess. I mean, I, right. I think I was the first person who asked about them, which is probably not a... Uh, so you read it on, on the news, yeah, and okay. you just immediately got in your well, car. see the yeah. thing, participating locations only. Right. That's exactly right. You but, know, some people camped out for that new Star Wars movie. Right. If Jed had had the option, he'd have been in front of that Burger King. <laughs> right, camping out. That's 100% accurate. Dressed yeah. as Mac and Cheetos. Co- cosplaying. cosplaying as that's a, 100%. Yeah, yeah. Matt has been with me to midnight releases of video games. That is oh, not a joke. Dude, wow. That is wow. rough. That's a deep nerd right there. Okay, but in that moment, I'm, I'm going to be uh, true confessions. Here's right. what's going through my head. Moment. I came here to punish my body with food that shouldn't be consumed, and I'm not leaving without that. Right. So I say, give me just a moment, ma'am. And I, I scan the menu looking for something, an unholy abomination that man should not eat. Right. <laughs> and I see a thing called chicken fries. Okay. Think of chicken nuggets, right. but in a fry shape. Right. And they come like in a fry container. And I go, that's exactly what I'm looking for. That what do they make those with? Exactly. Some form of compressed chicken. So, <laughs> But they kill the chicken first, right? Probably. Okay. I mean, I don't, uh, no, I don't I, know. We don't have any way of knowing. So I, so I say to the guy, all right, let me hook me up. I want an order of your chicken fries. Yep. Short pause. We don't have those anymore. Whoa. 
Oh, what? Like Nissen coming and going. Okay, okay. Well, it's you know what? Be cool. Be cool. I can handle this. I'm still going to punish my body. It's going to happen. That's what we're here for. The whole marquee on the drive through the whole thing is our new chicken rings. Now, of course, we all know chicken doesn't come in a ring. There's no... You <laughs> couldn't even, nature. You couldn't get chicken chickens to just stand around in a ring it's this is witchcraft and alchemy but again that's pretty much what i was looking for right. here something right. that should not the thing that should not be culinarily sure. speaking right. you wanted so, to eat a kafka novel ex- <laughs> <laughs> i want metamorphosis in my gut that's okay right. that's right so i say all right i'm confident now yeah i it was a swing and a miss on the first two but i'm right. ready yeah. final round okay yes. Yes. all right ma'am i'd like an order of your finest chicken rings right finest. sir we've stopped selling those Wow. Is that because like an FDA thing or? She didn't elaborate. An attack of conscience. And in that moment, I said, these are the saddest words I've ever said at a Burger King drive-thru. Well, um, I'm just going to just drive on through and go home then. (laughs) (laughs) Because you you discovered (laughs) that you wanted to be more disgusting than Burger King was willing to go there with you on. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You just you 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 had decided it's time to end this relationship. <laughs> and the voice on the other end just said, "Okay." Wow, dude. Uh, lightning round. What Burger King item do they not sell that you would most want them to sell so that you could really wallow in the shame? Oh my gosh. First thing that comes to your mind. Unfortunately, you're you're all incorrect. The correct answer was beer battered monkey with ranch drippings. <laughs> di- I thought you sauce. but you said wouldn't want to eat. No, that's yeah that you would. That you, oh, that, that you would want to even be ashamed of. Yeah, oh, that okay. you would be ashamed yeah, that's of. Good. You know, that's, that's uh, beer battered monkey, monkey meat. Being uh, that I have lived in Chicago for a while now, I'm not familiar with the concept of eating without shame. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, it, a monkey a monkey meat is very shameful. Yeah, because you know because you've actively investigated getting some. <laughs> I really on Jed and I have. Yeah, we have. Not just me. Yeah, no, not, not just through me. like the deep web or whatever normal back gray channels through missionaries in Brazil. Yeah, that's, that's completely a true. Fact. That's 100% accurate. We were told that we that, were lured to a wedding we on the were, promise that if we came, there would be monkey there that we could have. That's an actual true fact. And it turned out to be we, a lie. We, we weren't lured to a wedding with the promise of monkey meat. We we did stuff in a wedding. Yeah. In, you, want, you want to elaborate on we that? Were, we were <laughs> we, we were part of the wedding. It sounds like you were the flower. Girls. We, we participated in the wedding ceremony. In Jed's case, it was music. music yeah. In my case, it was. An absolutely absurd sand ceremony. Sand ceremony. We do not have the time for. We've told the story before. Go back and. But here's what I'm saying is, uh, monkey meat. Yep. Um, uh, we were told uh, you cannot obtain legally. Yeah. Because of I am not making this up. Monkey AIDS. Really? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I went deep with the investigation, but you here's didn't, what, you didn't need to say that term on the show. Monkey AIDS. But <laughs> it's 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 the worst thing that you can eat because your only interest in eating it is that it's as close as you can get to eating a person. <laughs> <laughs> For the love of all this decent, declare emergency off. <laughs> I declare a we should really develop more shame emergency off. Yeah. And I declare Lee Younger as the winner of Sympathy and Attention. Lee wins Sympathy. It's, um, it's not a shocking upset, but it's good to have it <laughs> ingrained in stone there. Also, and we've mentioned many times that, we, that we've had actually at this point a number of uh, young couples decide... Oh. 
you know, we, we because of what we heard in the podcast and motivated and we really feel we can get married and you guys are very important to us. We've we're we're happy to hear it. We always love hearing that. Um critically we don't want to come to your wedding. Yep. Right. Pick with those of Chicago. Don't like weddings, don't want to be at weddings. Yep. Um but now you've learned uh, a trick. Uh, just put this in your holster. If you really think you want Glenn and Ted at your wedding, which you don't. Yeah, you don't. But if for some reason you have in your mind what really made this wedding kick off, it's Glenn Monkey. and Ted. Monkey. Monkey. Yep. That's the dream. Yep. We've been dreaming that dream for a long time. And you, you also just learned that they don't know what monkey tastes like because they don't have it. Yep. So, That's you right. know. Maybe like some wild game or something. Yeah. Just tell them it's monkey. They'll yep. they'll think they ate monkey. They'll be happy. Yep. Right. right. So, you know, everybody wins. Absolutely. Right. Speaking of prospects in which everybody wins. Ooh. If you would like to support ministry <laughs> and get good, good edifying transition. media for yourself, that's what I call a win-win. Yeah. Not unlike monkey meat wedding invitation. <laughs> right, so right, I think right. what I've just done is drawn yeah. the parallel yeah. between near cannibalism <laughs> right. as a wedding invitation tactic right. and bridge box. Smooth. Yeah. 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 <laughs> this is what happens when I try to come up with the segues on the fly. Yeah. Bishop's.com slash bridgebox, sermons, Bible studies, songs, all based around the topic. July's topic, topic is actually uh, something we're going to touch on easy, uh, later, which is what's the point of church? What's that supposed to do? Lots of good stuff based on that. You'll get songs from Jed, songs from Lee, sermons from Glenn and myself, lots of neat stuff. And the most important part is you support the work we do right here in the city of Chicago, behind bars and on the street, helping hire part-time employees helping uh get bus passes and job interviews and all sorts of good stuff really makes our ministry go so check that out missionusa.com slash bridgebox move on to our first question here if you have a question for us wait with us all the way to the end and i will give you some ways to get in touch with this first question we want we don't we do this occasionally and uh we were a little light on the inbox this week because we're recording uh several shows kind of back to back here because of summer travel plans so we thought we I thought we'd actually unpack that bridge box question. Which okay. I think is a very good one. I think it applies to a lot of our kids online. And this is what uh, this uh, July 2016 bridge box question is. What's the point of church? Why do people go and why should I go? What's a church supposed to do and would I be any good at it? So we're going to take that from a lot of different angles in the uh, the bridge box, but I thought it's also a very uh, important topic for us to discuss here. We talk a lot about kind of the individual bits of church. We've had questions about church, people looking for churches. So this kind of overall question, I want to give us a little more of an open room to get these guys' opinions. And Lee, since you work at a church and you maybe have the most experience, why don't you go ahead and kick us off? Uh, I'd love to. It's a very cool thing for us to talk about. And I, I would start this off by saying that church is is the place that you go to remember that you're not in this alone. Mm-hmm. Um, that you uh, that that there are things that we believe, there are things that we are banking on, there are things that we've set our hope on, and I'm not the only one that's doing this. Um, I, I'm I'm fighting a battle. I am walking a walk, and there are other people to the left and to the right of me who are doing the same thing. That's a hugely important deal because what can happen to you a lot of times is you get into the middle of your week and you're in the middle of kind of normal problems. You're in the middle of normal frustrations, normal confusions, um, normal exhaustion. And you start to wonder, uh, is it worth it to keep going? Is it worth it to hang on? Um, and one of the best things, probably the best thing to keep you going, to keep you uh, hanging on, is to have someone who encourages you. And church is the place where uh, the, the point of it is to be a place where you can find people who are the people who remind you, you're not, you're not by yourself. And you don't have to do this thing by yourself. You don't have to keep yourself 
going. Um, I, I'm here for you. I'm somebody that you can talk to. I'm somebody who will uh, who will pump you up and encourage you and remind you of the the things that you've forgotten all throughout the Old Testament. If you if if you read through the Old Testament, one of the things that you'll find over and over again is God is constantly telling His people to remember things. Yes, sir. It's uh, it's not that the things that we believe are complicated. It's that in the middle of real life, we forget them. Uh, the stuff that we believe is shockingly simple. It is just really, really, really simple stuff. The problem is that in the middle of real life happening, in the middle of temptation, in the middle of struggle and all that stuff, you just forget. And so I need people in my life who will remind me of the simple, good, and true things that I've forgotten in the middle of my struggles. And that's why that's why you want to have a community. And that's, that's church is at the heart of it. It's a, it's a, it's a gathering place. It's a place where people who, who are walking with Jesus, who know Jesus can come together and remember, I'm not the only one. That's why we sing together collectively. That's why we listen to a word together collectively. That's why we eat together. That's why we hang out. We take communion together to remember I'm not the only one. And as you get into a church and you start to serve Jesus and you start to serve people and you start to pull people aside and pray for them and and get people to walk with you, you find that that you are the person that keeps somebody else going. That's something that you absolutely can do. Wherever you are in your walk, wherever you are in your journey, you can be that encouragement for me when I'm down or for you know one of your brothers and sisters when they're down. That's what we're there to do for each other. Amen. That's Amen. absolutely right. That's a lot of really good stuff. And Glenn, if I get you to follow up on that, kind of yeah. what Lee talked about a lot of there was kind of... Um, I guess the overall term would be body life. When we think exactly. about church, it's easy to think about um, the theology or the denomination or the building or the leadership or the worship style. But I think I think you would say, and I've heard you say this to a lot of guys, because the point of the bridge service is to plug guys into churches. So you spend a lot of time talking to guys about what do they want out of church, what mm-hmm. should they want out of church. And that body life seems to always be at the top of your list. So why is that? Well, for sure, I... I I think uh, we, you know, we use a lot of words to describe it, and I guess it can can be pretty abstract. And you, it's one of those things you, you know what it is if you've ever been a part of it. But if you if you've ever been in a church where you felt you just fit into a body of believers, where there's a vibe where it was comfortable to hang out in, where you could love spending time with these people, uh, where you you felt safe to talk about stuff going on with you. Uh, where you felt encouraged, as as Lee was talking about, all of those things. Uh, but this is also a place where your gifts are being, uh, uh, where you can, someone's saying, hey, I know you're good at such mm-hmm. and such, could you help me with this, and what have you. And those gifts, gifts are not only being used, but they're being developed. People are giving you feedback. You know, I thought the way you did this was good, but you could do more. You could do this and add to it, and that would be even better. So... Um, we would the ter- collective term as Matt says that we would use for that is body life, okay, and that and, and part of that, of course, is going back to the biblical thing of all of us are members of one body of believers, and that each of us has a gift and an ability, and uh, that we all have something to bring to the table. But I think the key thing on developing that is to recognize uh, when when I say body, we're all one body, and everybody has different gifts. The very next thought that flashes through most people's brain is, what's my gift? What am I awesome at? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not actually what the verse says. Right. The verse says you're supposed to respect the other person's gift, yep. and they're supposed to respect your giftedness and your abilities, and you're supposed to work together. Yep. 
We skip over that because I want to shine. For some reason, that was a Broadway show. Sure, there, sure, just that's for a cool. Second. And uh, <laughs> that's part of the anointing. I think there was jazz hands. No one can it, see that. Totally jazz. I hands. think they heard them. Okay. And <laughs> here's the thing. Here's the thing. Is um, it's less important, exactly as Lee said. It's less important for you to be the amazing, gifted person that everyone thinks is amazing, and much more important for body life that you are an encouraging person, that you are helping other people develop their gifts. That you're, in, you know, you're, you're not just being a cheerleader. You're giving mm-hmm. real feedback that's helping them uh, bring those things out. And you know, this wasn't as effective as that. So I would drop that and double down on this other part, whatever that kind of stuff, where it's where it's real meaningful, substantive, uh, what have you. But the key for that, the key on developing that body life, as that Bible verse is talking about, is respect. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would like to say that the the vibe that we have at the bridge is as good a, and strong of a body life as you can get. I mean, it's a very, very intimate place. Uh, every week we have to kick people out. We have host teams that come in from suburban churches that will do our food and do our greeting and so forth. Uh, and it's a different team every week. We rotate them in. Regularly, Matt and I are the last two out, and we have to st- stand there and tell these people, you have to go home. <laughs> we were, you, know, you cannot stay in this neighborhood. You cannot stand on the sidewalk, you know. I will share this exact quote. This was a couple weeks ago. We have a very nice host team from it's actually kind of a north side, kind of more affluent church. And uh, they're, uh, they've walked out. They're supposed to be leaving, but they've decided to stay by their cars in fellowship because right. they want to keep the vibe going. That's right. I'm sitting out there with uh, a couple of guys who are from a residential program that comes and helps out the bridge. Really good dudes. And uh, one of them's name is Jeff. And Jeff just uh, is a big dude. He's got a very soft, kind of soft voice, cool guy. And uh, I'm talking to our friends there and saying, we, I, Talking to you, I said, I think I got to go tell these people to get out of here because it's like 9:45 at night, and that is not a time to be right. in East Garfield Park in Chicago. And uh, Jeff takes a real deep, real kind of long breath. He goes, "See, the thing is, bullets ain't got no eyes." <laughs> that's right. I said, "That's exactly right." I'm yeah, gonna go good. share that bit go, of wisdom yeah, with that's our right. friends. Go tell them. Yeah, but it's it's that kind of thing of when you finally you, we, we can tell a little bit of what, how. People are starved for body life yeah. when they come here and they experience it, and where they're doing something. And each person is doing. Yeah, we their work with like dogs. Yeah, yeah. They're 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 and they're using their giftedness. They're using their abilities, and each one is. And they want to relive it, and they want to mm-hmm. talk about it, and they want to mm-hmm. like that was so cool what you did with that, and so on and so forth. That's body life. That's if you're not getting that out of church, it kind of all the other stuff doesn't add up to that, and it doesn't. You're you're, you're not being fulfilled in the way yeah. that you need to. That's what we're looking for uh, as ministry professionals. Yeah. If you're establishing a church, the main thing you're trying to have is a really strong body life. That's absolutely right. And, Jed, I'd love to get you to kind of close out on this. With We talked about that, and the body life is obviously the A1 thing, but it's also important to look at things like doctrine, and particularly to look at kind of teaching and mm-hmm. pastoral care, because that's a very important thing you want out of uh, a church. And it, in ways people don't necessarily understand what they've seen it, that can really set the pace for body life. They can really help mm-hmm. that out. So what's something we should be looking for in the type of persons up front every Sunday? Well, we want uh, good, actionable advice. Um, ah. to, to put it this way, we want to be... When you follow someone, and, and I don't know, it's just weird that we, you know, people kind of suburban Christians really don't like this, but uh, you're supposed to follow your pastor. That's that's actually like Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Right. Um, and uh, the the pastor of your church, you're you're supposed to follow that dude. Right. Um, yeah. And so this is the thing: is you should want to be like that guy. 
Right. In other words, you should say, if I was more like that guy, if I had more of the attribute, or, or, or lady, but whoever, mm-hmm. that, the person in charge, you know, I wouldn't be more like that person. That would be, I'd be a better, more godly person. I think you should ask yourself, do you feel that way? Right. Mm-hmm. If you don't, is there a respect there? In what's other words? A, is there a respect there? Do I want to follow this? Exactly person? right. If I look at that person and, and say, you say, would you want to be more like them? Oh no, no. Right. Then for sure, don't mm-hmm. go to that church. Well, it's a great point. I'd love to uh, get you to f- uh, kind of explore more of this idea because we've talked about before, and it's true that the cult of Christian celebrity is actually a bad thing. So, what's mm-hmm. the difference between? Wow, Pastor Rick is so amazing, and he's mm. so anointed. And if I was like that, I'd be so godly. Versus you're saying actionable advice yeah. given from someone who is further along in their walk than you are. What's the difference between those two things? That's a great question. That's a great question. Actionable advice comes down to this. You will run into a problem in your life. Um, someone will misbehave. A family member will pitch a fit. Something will happen. And you're going to ask yourself... How do I deal with this situation? What do, I, what do I do here both to honor Jesus by being loving, but also honor Jesus by being wise? Mm-hmm. What, what's, the, what's the godly response here in a holistic sense? What you want to believe about the person who is your pastor is that they would have a better idea in a concrete sense how to handle this situation than right. you would. right. That's, in many ways, that's what qualifies them to be the pastor, is that they've faced this kind of situation in their own lives. They've learned, here is what it looks like in concrete, practical, actionable ways to respond to this kind of situation. And then they can disciple you, they can teach you, they can equip you to respond to that kind of situation more God, in a more godly way and in a more effective way in your own life. Let's, let's give some specifics for a second. Say you have a family member that's always on a guilt trip, right? Mm-hmm. You know, every time you see it, oh, well, it sure is nice. You're finally able to come around. You know, you, you must be awful busy because you never see you. Right. So nice you could finally come around. Right. <laughs> Because we miss you. It's right. hard to believe I don't want to be here more, Aunt Dolores. <laughs> right, right. Most of us have a relative that acts exactly like that. Or all of them. Or all of them. Right. Every <laughs> single one of them without yeah. fail. But, but, but everybody has one. Okay, what a, as, as Matt, as you're pointing out, kind of the celebrity pastor that gives anointed words, he isn't going to, the, the problem, there are many problems with the celebrity pastor gives anointed words, but one of the key ones is he doesn't have any practical advice on what to do with it. You just got to love people, man. You just got to love people, bro. You just love them. Right, but so here's the thing. A, you can't actually ask that dude questions because he has handlers and a publicist, so you can't you can't actually sit down with him and ask him, what what do I do in the situation? So all you really have is kind of his pre-written out sermons and, and his books, but if you read the pre-written out sermons and you read the books, most of that will boil down to, you just got to love people. Love is good. Love's awesome. You know, Paul uses the word love many ways. Right. Let's Here, exegete it. Let's right. actually let's let's get into it. But of course, what you know is the person that's dealing with Aunt Mildred and her guilt trip is none of that informs practically speaking. Right. What do I right. what do I do in that Aunt Mildred's being a weirdo? 
what do I do in that moment? The the celebrity pastor guy, I mean, the book was neato and I had a lot of tingly spiritual feelings from reading it, but it doesn't, it doesn't help me navigate. What do I, in a concrete way, what do I do in this moment? That's that's the whole job of a pastor. That's the job of a pastor. The job of a pastor is like a coach, you know, Mm. a a coach, you're up against something you know how to do. The coach comes and says, do it like this, shake it like this. She says this, you say this, she's going to bring it down and say, well, I carried you in my womb for nine Mm -hmm. months. And then you say, no, it's not like that. Weird thing to say, Aunt Mildred. (laughs) (laughs) You say, coach says, no, but she's going to say that. But then you say, no, it's not like that. You know, I got the love, but you know, it's a thing and whatnot. They coach you through it. They lead you through it. They pastor you through it. And in so doing, they help to put themselves out of a job. That's right. You are now qualified. You know how to handle Aunt Mildred moving forward. Right. You got to get some reps to get better at it. But this is the crazy thing. With the celebrity pastor with the anointed word, you have to keep going back to him for the next anointed word. That's right. right. You, you can't generate anointed words on your own. you got to keep going back You're to him. You're dependent on him. Pastor exactly Ricky right. is the only fount of wisdom. Exactly right. right. A pastor pastor, a guy that wants to be, again, a spiritual coach to you, he wants to get you to a place where you know how to handle this kind of That's situation. Right. That's yes, right. Sir. You'll, you'll come back to him for the next thing you don't know how to handle. Right, 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 and right. We'll look, But he knows how to handle because he's handling that in his own life, right, right. and the proof is in the pudding. Does that answer your question? Absolutely. I think that's all really, really good stuff. On a totally unrelated note of pastors being celebrities about things they know nothing about, let's move to our next question. (laughs) Mm. Oh, Mm. you guys, this came into Glenn's blog. It's very, very popular. Well, that's that's nice of you to say, man. It really, is. it must be really hard having such a popular. It's, blog. A, it's, all, it's over, Jed. Now he can't <laughs> turn it off. You see what you've done? Like, there's you're a lot ruined of pressure. Jed. I have pity ties now. <laughs> no, oh, I'm Lord. tied to giving you pity. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good setup for this question. Thank you. It really is. Okay, you guys know the whole kiss dating goodbye thing. Yep. Yeah, yes, we do. Yeah, we do. Well, recently, one of my friends came across a link that seemed to indicate that the guy who came up with all that is backing away from it. Oh, yes. Wow. Yes, he is. <laughs> and so half of my friends are freaking out, and the other half are trying to defend him and or the book. Can there be a simple, peaceful way out of all this mess? So I'll do a little more setup before I send around these guys. So you probably know this. I'm going to do it super fast. We talked about this before. There's a guy. His name is not, a, his name is not particularly relevant. People get mad when we name names, and that's fine. He wrote a Christian dating book called I Kiss Dating Goodbye. He wrote it when he was 19. It was published when he was 21. He was not married. Yep. He knew nothing. He was not a pastor. He was in, either in college or in seminary at the time. He was a 21-year-old. Yeah, he was a 21-year-old. So the book comes out, huge thing, massive Christian media marketing thing gets behind it. It becomes a whole big deal. He's now the pastor of a church, and it has uh, come out over the last couple of years that he has had to give multiple sermons at his church— that because no one is having any social interaction with the opposite sex, that, well, it wasn't like this, and yes, no 30-year-old person, you don't have to call this woman's father to Lord. take her to coffee. Lord. And so he started seeing some kind of real-life implications to the Massive Christian book, and it's come out more recently where he's basically come right up on saying, I didn't know what I was talking about, that's not true, that's not the way the world works. But this person is asking a very specific question, and I want to kick Glenn over first on this because he's dealt with this a lot. Um, basically, the book and the advice is irrelevant, and we've done mm-hmm. a lot of picking that apart. Sure. But you have a bunch of people who bought into a bad idea right. who are now being forced to confront that. Right. As this person points out, some of them are okay with it. Some of them are weirding out about it. If you're someone like someone who listens to this podcast, you know that's not it's not a good idea to follow that kiss dating goodbye stuff. 
how do you deal with that? How do you help yeah. people maybe see the other side of it without being a know-it-all jerk about it? How do we yeah. approach that? Well, that is, and that is important. I think here's the thing about uh, uh, I, we we see a lot of sort of back and forth. Uh, comments online. Mm-hmm. You know, someone will post something and it's just back and forth. It's a back and forth. Yeah. yeah, and it's two groups of Christians trying to out... Uh, 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 Christian. Christian each other. Like, I'm so Christian, I'm going to say <laughs> something to devastate you with my Christianness. And Boom. the other one comes back and it's a, whole, it's a whole fight. But here's the thing is, generally, those, those sort of flaming uh, wars there really come down to a viewpoint where one person is trying to say, this is a thing which is not good. Right. And another person is saying, well, but... Um, actually... Um, actually, there's a little bit of not good in everything and everyone, and you have to have grace and forgiveness and love and patience, y'all. Mm-hmm. Now, this is the level of reasoning and logic that you would expect out of maybe a a, a fairly um, mature eight- or nine-year-old. Sure. This is not how adults figure out what's yep. going on. Here's how adults figure out uh, uh, something where uh, there's a piece of media, there's a statement, there's a thing, and we're trying to comment on is this a good thing, is it not a good thing. It, 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 it It's not a question of how much stuff that's not good exists in something before it's too much. In other words, mm-hmm. if, I, if I say I'm going to make 10 statements, it, it, it makes no sense for you to say, well, I think out of those 10 statements, one and a half of them were not very theological and not sound. Therefore, I'm going to reject the whole thing. If it's not 100% true, then it's all false because, it, because Christianity is like math. Sure. Okay. Um, that makes no sense to think of it that way. But it makes no sense to think of it on the opposite extreme of, well, everything is imperfect and everybody it has, says some things that aren't quite true. So you can't throw you – can't, you can't say anything mean, y'all. You can't say anything yeah. negative. That's being mean and that's being rude and that's being unlike Jesus who just let people think whatever they want to think, man. Yeah. Well, that's, that's also not true. In both cases, you're observing and commenting on the entirely wrong thing. The question is not how, what percentage of this is legit versus not. All the discussions I've seen on this book is there's some good stuff in there. Okay, uh, meaning he says don't have sex before marriage, and we like right, that exactly right. Uh, here's the here's the thing. The question, and and again, this is adult reasoning, and this is definitely professional ministry reasoning. The question is, the bad stuff that's in there, the wrong stuff, the dysfunctional stuff that comes from an inexperienced uh, mind on this, how bad is it? Mm -hmm. It's one thing for someone to say, hey, I think um, it's important if you're going to date that you do that with some integrity, and you're going to do that. And I might say that in such a way that starts to sound a little legalistic or something like that. And you can come in and say, I disagree with that. I don't like it. I think that's leading us down a wrong road. But And, and, I, and, and I, I think this is a uh, fundamentally a wrong statement, whatever. But it's not so wrong that it would damage someone's life. It's not life. harmful. It's not it's harmful. That's it is one, inaccurate. Yeah, that's, that, it's the level, and, the, and, on, and that level is not v- very high. Then there's something that you say that is toxic. Yep. Okay. 
Those two things are different. So the analogy that, that, that we use is imagine I gave you a hamburger. I said, now, some of it's poison, but you just eat around the poison. That's sure. th- that you don't, you know, that's not a thing. You just don't, take tiny bites. You wouldn't do that. To, you know, um, you, you know, if it tastes funny, just spit it out. It's, it'll be fine. You know, that you don't say don't that. Judge to the cook. That's right. The cook was doing the best he could. Exactly. See, that's what I'm saying. There, there's a difference between a hamburger that just isn't prepared very well and, and wasn't done. Uh, you know, this guy's not a professional chef, y'all. So you have to be understanding. That's one thing. It's another thing if there is poison in this hamburger. Yeah. Those are two fundamentally different. Uh, states of being. I feel cr- like I'm taking crazy pills. I have to explain this to people, but this is what it is. Uh, so uh, the 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 point that we want to land on, and I'll sit and around to these other guys, is the stuff in this book is clearly toxic to yes. developing healthy dating relationships and forming good godly marriages. And we have seen the fallout of that. Uh, we've we've counseled people. We've seen people in divorce with that. We've seen people getting uh, out of their normal dating years without doing any dating of any kind, not being able to ask someone out. Uh, just fundamentally, their 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 romantic life has ground to a halt, and no idea where to go from here. Right. That is. A failure that has occurred, that is a, a, a breakdown in what's going on because you heard something that just screwed your head up. That's a toxic thing. So that's, that's different from a little bit of it is good and a little bit of it is bad. A little bit of it is good. A little bit of it is toxic. Th- those are the two dis- distinctions we want to start off with. I think that's absolutely right. I think the toxicity is a very good point to take. And Lee, if I can throw it to you on this, um, yeah. uh, to the point of... People get very upset, so I'm going to phrase this carefully. Um, we are not interested in condemning Joshua Harris, who's no, the guy no. who wrote the book. Now, we have all come to that working through it because all four of us on this show have talked to sexual abuse survivors who say, but pastor told me I have soul ties to my rapist right. because of this dude. And then we start looking up Josh Harris's address because we're going to drive to his house and That's right. beat some sense into him. But then you pray through it and you let that pass. And, and you recognize he was young. He didn't know what he was young, talking about. He was all of that. Yeah. What on some level here, it's hard to feel much pity for him because he made a lot of money out of it. But this is a lot of people trying to uh, buy into a broken system. Mm-hmm. So as, right, as Glenn right. pointed out, it's not really worth getting in the fight about was this book cool or not, man. Mm-hmm. One of the things this should teach us, and one of the things we can relate to our friends as part of the story here, is that there are certain things books can do and certain things books yeah. cannot do. Right. And the Kiss, Kiss Dating Goodbye is a classic example of somebody trying to be pastored, a group of people trying to be pastored by books. Mm-hmm. So, Lee, yeah. when you're talking through people with, yeah. they've, got a ba- they've gotten on an idea and they've run too far with it, beyond dismantling the idea, how do we look at the system around that and say, yeah. the book isn't necessarily the problem, it's not right, but the problem is the way you approach this and how can we do that better going forward? Well, one of the problems is that, uh, exactly as you're saying, systemically, Christians love books more than anything in the world. (laughs) The white ones do. And the idea that, you know, if something's in a book, now I'm listening, you know? And I don't like that because uh, books, there there are some really great books. I've read a lot of books that have had some foundational and cool stuff for me and the way I think about certain scriptures or the way I think about this and that. But everything that has propelled me forward in my 
really propelled me forward in my walk with Jesus or propelled me forward in my ministry and my ability to to serve Jesus and serve other people, I learned um, by following my pastor around and watching him do his thing and being trained like an apprentice. Um, every single thing that, that has really made an impact on my life has been in discipleship. And my hope is that everybody that that I have had the chance to disciple, that, that, that it would be the exact same thing that Jed was talking about on the last question, that there are, there, there are the ways that scripture is, is set up and, you know, to change a person's life. And then that person, uh, disciples, the next person teaches them how to engage scripture, teaches them how to walk through their life with Jesus and all that kind of stuff. This is from generation to generation to generation, an apprentice art. And exactly like you said, I couldn't say it any better. So many of us are looking to books to pastor us. And that's not the function of books. It should not be the function of books anyway. It's what happens so much. And what what that does to us is it doesn't give us the ability to have really any discernment because we just have a, a machine that feeds us books and what's the next great book? Okay, tell me what that great book is, and I'll read that, and then I'll be fine. And and we don't have the ability to ask questions of that book. Um, one of the things that is really, really difficult for Christians to do well is to is to be able to to uh, zoom out from all these books or the different kinds of Christian media, movies, music, the whole thing, and be comfortable saying, I don't have to like this. That's something that uh, that Christians should say a whole lot that basically nobody says. You know, yeah. if somebody's tweeting about some book or whatever, you got to like it. You know, this dude's sermons or that person's music or whatever, everybody has to like it. Exactly yeah. as Glenn said, if you have any critique of it whatsoever, then you're just so mean, man. Yeah. You know, they're they're giving their offering, man. Right. You know, and but but I have the right to not listen to it or like it. Yeah. Um, it, even if you find that that book is sound and awesome and you love it, that's great. I still have the right to say I'm not interested and I don't like it. There right. is absolutely nothing wrong with that. But if we don't have actual shepherds in our life, the way that the exactly the way that Jeb was describing it in the last question, if we don't have someone who has a walk with God that we want, uh, the kind of life, the kind of inner life, the kind of relationships and stuff like that that we want to grow into, that we're walking behind and learning how to be that person. Being shepherded and being coached, I love that word that Jed used. If we're not in that situation, then we do have to look to books and to songs and to whatever else to coach us up. And that is going to set us up for exactly this kind of thing where we can get duped because we stop using discernment in a way that we should. Mm -hmm. And and real quick, off of what Lee is saying, 100% of people that I've heard say positive stuff. I'm not sure. I'm sure it's not 100% of the people in the world, but 100% of the people I have heard say positive things about this book were also unmarried and had and young and had no experience in doing marital counseling. Yep. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're, they're giving it a positive assessment based on just not, uh, not knowing about yep. it. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And Jeff, let me just close out on this on a kind of, there's a, uh, there's a, th- a third path. 
there is talk about here. Um, and, but it speaks to both what, what uh, Glenn and Lee are talking about. We're kind of working through this in the sense of, I have close friends. We are all confused about this. We are all kind of working through this together. The opposite side of that is people on the internet are saying things. And there's a very simple answer to that, Jed. Jed, would you care to walk us through the very simple answer? Here's a simple answer. Decide for yourself you don't agree with the book and simply, peacefully move on with your life. Now, Jed, it sounds like you're saying I should have an opinion and not share that. I am saying that. I'm, that I'm, sounds like hiding my light under a bushel. Here, here's what you my mean. opinions are pretty good. <laughs> can, you, can you not like a book if a Christian wrote it? Does that mean you hate Jesus? Here's what you do. That's a, that's a good question. You question what do you do with your opinions? Good question. You put a pin in those questions. Right. You, you put them over you know, on, on, the, on the, the question waiting area. Right. And then you take the mental energy that you're not using to answer those questions and you ask someone out. Oh, oh then you, wow. you you go on a date, right? And it's you have butterflies, and she smells like strawberries, and you right. don't know what to say, but it's wonderful and it's magical, and you had a great time. And then you go on a second date. It's like research. Sure, let's go with that. Then you right. go on a third date, and here's the crazy thing: by date number, we're really immediately on getting in motion. You discover you don't care about the answer to those questions anymore. Wow. Yeah, that's interesting. Because you have this thing in your life called substance. Oh, yes. <laughs> now, Jed, it sounds like you're implying that people who spend a lot of time on the internet spouting opinions may not be the same people going on dates. What? That doesn't sound. That right. sound. That doesn't sound exactly like what's going on. I'm not implying it. I'm directly, directly <laughs> stating it. Oh yeah. well, I'm comfortable with that. Well, actually, I mean, this um, this is bigger than this question, but it's actually a good a really good thing for you to have in your head. There there are two kinds of Christians. There's talkers and doers. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Talkers don't accomplish anything. Right. Um, and uh, in the world of the Internet, that's about 99% of what we got uh, is uh, people. They just they got opinions and they want to talk at you and they just want to pray at you and just get those opinions right in front of you. And then we have doers. Um, they make up a small, small fraction of people in the church and they're the only reason other than sustaining grace that Christianity still exists. And they can't be made to put a comment on anything. Say that again. <laughs> they cannot. They cannot, and they will not be putting their little uh, nuggets of wisdom underneath your post. And say that. Say yeah. that times a thousand. Here's the thing: decide to be a doer. Yeah. Um, that's that's what the Lord wants for you. That's what we want for you. That's the path to satisfaction. That's the path to a good dating life. That's the path to peace. That's the path out of the conflict that your friends yes. are having. Mm-hmm. Be a doer. That's right. Find things God wants you to do, including dating people, and start doing those things. Yep. Invest your time and energy. Here, make, make the following deal with yourself. When I run out of good, positive things to do that God wants for me, that will help me and help other people and help the world and help the church, then I'll start having opinions. Oh, As soon as I run out of things to do, I'll start having things to think and opine about and post online. And and just blow people away with your thoughts. Exactly right. Exactly right. Wow. As soon as I get through with the doing. Right. Okay. That's that's the path. Okay. Sounds good. I I think, though I thought maybe we could put all this, coalesce all this wisdom into our own Christian book, Mm -hmm. I think a Christian dating book called Be a Doer would... That could be taken it's a different bad way. bad marketing. Yep. Yeah. So we'll probably just stick to the podcast for now. Sure. In that just case, we're do gonna... it. Just do it. Something like that. You know? Sure. It's, it's it's bold and original. Right. It will not lead to any legal action at all. That's right. Okay. We're going to move on to our final question here. It comes in anonymous with our Tumblr box. It says, so I know I'm not supposed to worry or get angry about politics. Okay. But I'm worried and angry about politics. Well, you did good for a while there. Yeah. <laughs> 
things are happening that seem really bad. And some people I used to like and think I respected seem to be fine with it for really ugly reasons. How do I deal with all this? Jed, let's go back to you on this. Okay. I'm sorry. I can't tell you how sorry I am. Unfortunately, one of the things about growing up and getting older is realizing there's a lot of people that you thought were cool and discovering, man, they are not cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's... That's hard to take. That and I and there's a grieving process in that, and I'm I'm so sorry you're dealing with that. I, I really am. I want to take a step away though from what they're on for a second and talk about what do you do, right? Mm-hmm. Here's what the Bible says. This comes from the book of Galatians, this is chapter six, verses four to five. This is in the message translation. Quote Make a careful exploration of who you are and the work you have been given, and then sink yourself into that. Don't be impressed with yourself. Don't compare yourself with others. Each of you must take responsibility for doing the creative best you can with your own life. Now, here's how that deals with this question. You are looking at a world that is messed up. Um, Is it more messed up than it has been in the past? I don't know, but it's super messed up today. Of that, we can be certain. God, if you're willing, God wants to use you as part of his answer to the fact that this world is colossally messed up. He he wants you to be his hands and his feet in putting right some of the terribly wrong things that go on in this world. But here's the crazy thing, and this actually goes directly back to what we were talking about in the end of the last question. There's not enough time in the day. There's not enough emotional energy in the day. There's not enough strength in your body to worry about what everybody else is on and to sink yourself into being Jesus Christ's hands and feet in a hurting world. Mm-hmm. You, you, you actually can't do both. And um, the thing about the outrage culture that we live in is as long as you're outraged and you keep clicking on stuff, it's making people money. Right. Uh, so they just want to keep you outraged so you'll keep clicking on the things. Term, the right term for that is rage porn. Yep. It is rage porn. It is rage porn. No question about it. Um, the Christian answer is to say, God has work for me to do. Mm-hmm. Um, to quote an earlier part of the Bible, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I don't know what the rest of y'all are on. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the rest of y'all are up to. Uh, love if you're on something good. I don't think you are. But as for me, I'm serving Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm doing. I'm making up my mind to figure out what the work that God has for me to do in confronting a fallen world where people are lost and hurting and dealing with difficulties. I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to fight my part of that fight. I'm going to get into it. Now, there's two things that are true about that. First, if you will take that attitude and get up and make that decision every day, I can't tell you how incredible of an impact God can have on this world through you. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you wouldn't believe it if I told you. Um, the, the amount that one person who is being uh, strengthened by the Lord Jesus and submitting themselves to him, letting their ego go, the amount that one person can do to impact this world for good is incredible. It's, right, it's actually right. unbelievable. It takes a lifetime. Right, that's, that's, that's not right. a, a quick thing. It's not an overnight thing. But in the course of a lifetime, and certainly the course of the impact of that life unfolding through the ages, it's unbelievable. It, mm-hmm. it, can, it can absolutely transform the world. But... It does mean letting go of worrying about what everybody else is on. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. it, that's, that's one of the requirements of it is because um, there's, there's not enough focus inside of you to worry about what everybody else is on and devote yourself to the things that the Lord has for you. The Lord can handle them. 
He can deal with them. He can sort them mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing for you is to decide, I'm going to devote myself to the things the Lord has for me and let him sort out everybody else. Amen. Absolutely. And Lee, if you can pick that up for us and uh, kind of move that conversation on. Well, one thing that I would say on this, I, I absolutely love where Jed was going on that. It's one of the notes I wrote down is to just specifically um, look where you can get involved. Um, you know, are there homeless or hungry people in your town? Are there old people that need somebody to visit them? Can you get involved in a chapel service with a prison ministry or get certified to teach an ESL class? Just become a part of the solution, just as as Jed said, for the poor, for the immigrants, for the—in the, other words— turn all of the things that have you upset into something specific to do. There are ways that you can get involved in that immediately. I want to take a second and just talk about what happened here. Um, I love how Jed started out by saying, you know, I'm sorry that you're feeling this way. We, we all feel that way. And there's something that has happened to you. Um, it's, it's something that I've experienced. I know for sure these guys probably have as well. Um, maybe, maybe not to the extent that I have experienced this, but, um, you gave someone credentials in your life that you shouldn't have. Uh, what I mean by that is you gave someone a backstage pass in your life. You gave them the right to, to speak into your life, to have an influence over you because they were a Christian leader in some way. Mm-hmm. And, um, and what you found out is that person doesn't speak for me. And, um, and in fact, I'm pretty pissed about the things that they're saying. And, and it's hurtful that at some point in my life, this person spoke for me, that this, this person influenced me. I, I had aligned myself with this person in some way or another. And, and so one of the things on this is, is that that's a, that's a sucky thing to feel. And it's a, and, and it's, it's a hard thing to realize that, that I, I kind of had a lapse in discernment. I, I know that I've done that. Um, and and the it, it does not feel good, but it is an awesome chance to learn that I don't want to just hand credentials out to people in my life because they have the word pastor beside their name or because they have written these books or because of this or that. And, you know, some of these themes keep coming up in this episode just ab- about the discernment that we need to do this life well. But just because someone has this or that, or just because, you know, this person is on this thing or whatever, that doesn't mean that they speak for you. And so you have to be very careful about who do you allow to have influence in your life? Who do you allow to speak into your life? Who do you align yourself with? As Jed's saying, you have to decide, I don't, I'm not worried about what other people are on. I'm on a mission. And, and if I'm on a mission, then I have a very specific, um, and, and one thing I'm finding out is a smaller and smaller, uh, as I go through my life, smaller and smaller list of people who have the right to speak into that, who have the right to have this kind of, this level of influence, who, um, who I align myself with. And this is an issue for discernment, but I, I like this idea or this term of credentials. Mm-hmm. Who has the right to speak into your life? Who has a backstage VIP pass? Who has influence over you? You want to be very, very choosy over who you give those credentials to. Amen. Amen. It's a really strong point. And Glenn, love you to close out on this with, um, it's, I think it's easy for us to look at this as uh, white men in America mm-hmm. and say, it's just politics, it's just people being jerks. But mm-hmm. one of the things we're looking at, we, we joked about Brexit last episode, where, you know, with some of the current stuff in America, there are people whose rights are getting trampled on, who have right. real reason to be scared and freaked out, and you're finding sure. out that other people are on these ugly sides of that. So if it's not, a, without downplaying the effect that politics can have 
mm-hmm. on our life? How do we kind of, how do we maybe look to something bigger? How do we, basically, how do we have faith when this is all, seems to be going in a real bad direction? Well, yes, I think uh, perspective is the big key that I guess we're all really trying to talk about. One thing is to recognize uh, stupidity is not something new. And I'm using stupidity in a specific way. Uh, Ignorance is when you just don't know. You're uninformed about politics. There's a lot about the world I'm ignorant of, you know. Mm -hmm. Stupidity is when you have the wrong idea. You believe something that is not true, Mm -hmm. and it's causing you to make decisions that are destructive to yourself and to the people around you. Um, here's here's the thing. That's not new. Yep. Be, being dumb is not a new new phenomenon. It's been going on for a long time. It's a big part of American politics. It's a big part of world politics. Uh, so we can't be upset about it as if it's new, uh, and say this is a rising tide that's you know coming to get me. Uh, what is true, and what I think may be setting off this person, is that uh, studies have shown shown recently that we tend to seek out news sources that confirm and reinforce our own beliefs. Mm-hmm. Right. This, is, this is interesting, and here's why that's interesting, is for old people, there was a time, in, particularly in this country, where there was something called a fairness doctrine. You had to give both sides of a story. If you had a Republican on, you had to have a Democrat on, and they would give you both sides of this issue so that everything had to have both perspectives. That was taken away. We don't want to mention the name of the dude that took it away, but it was taken away. Uh, by a certain president, and so now you have a, a a situation where you can seek out a news source that is only telling you one side of that story and is not telling you stuff mm-hmm. uh, that that doesn't uh, uh, conform to what you already think. Here's what they found out as a result of doing that: is you tend to be more extreme. In your views, you may have started with a sort of a center right or center left opinion, but if you only watch a news outlet that's only that's a left leaning or right leaning outlet, your views get more further left or right, mm-hmm. whatever that is. So um, here's here's what also happens at the exact same time: you get dumber, yep, because you aren't getting the whole story. Here's another thing that happens. Ironically, while you're getting dumber and more extreme, you're also convinced that you're smarter. Yeah. Because yep. you keep reading things and it keeps reinforcing what you're thinking. So you're thinking, I'm a genius. No one gets the, I see the truth of it, man. <laughs> and now you have, then you put all those people on the internet. And now we have modern the, life. This is what we're dealing with here. Thanks, Zuckerberg. <laughs> um. The, 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 uh, all of that feels frustrating, I think, because there's nothing like a sensation when you see the truth of something and you know someone else has been listening to a family member or they've been in a weird social environment and they've picked up on something that they think is true and they're saying something that you know is, is not factual and they believe it and they're saying something maybe mean or negative or hurtful or whatever. And you hurt for them, and you want to correct them, but then you know that's not the thing, and then you're yeah. you're being you're drawn into a troll thing, whatever, whatever. And you and it it kind of hurts your heart in a way. And I, all of us have experienced that online. Certainly, you know, I hit that unfriend button real quick because I just I like this dude. I just don't yeah. want to hear. I just yeah, want right. to have a positive view of him. And you know, but uh, I I think here's 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 where I want to land the plane on this. 
uh, as a result of doing the, the work that we do, I've had the experience of meeting a number of politicians. You know, you work with the crime stuff and whatever. You end up rubbing shoulders with these guys and get to know them and all of that. Here's the thing. the experience, And I don't want to be negative. I, I, I'm not saying this to be hurtful or mean. The experience of meeting politicians gave me one really strong, over, overwhelming sensation. Politics is not the solution. Yep. These people are not going to lead us forth into a brighter day. And that's on left and right both. Left and right both. Thank you. Yes, left and right both. Uh, it, it's, it's a very clear sense of this person may be able to deal with tax abatements and deal with uh, uh, zoning, and, the, and that's good, and that's it. Yeah. But in terms of fixing stuff, yeah. uh, the, 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 the people of God are actually the ones with the mandate from God to go out into the world and help people. That's, yeah. that's on us. We can't turn around and say, I need uh, this bright and shining leader who's the only one who gets it yep. to lead us forth into a glorious new day. That's, that's an expectation. I think that's, that's, uh, it, it, we're, 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 conf- we're, we're having an almost religious reliance on politics and politicians, and, mm. and we're having an almost religious faith in what that political party is doing, and they're the source of all truth, and everyone mm. else is on the lodge. And that's, I think that's when we really go off the rails. Absolutely. Absolutely. Jed, one more thing? Real quick thing. You know, you're talking about, you know, some, some, there are people that I used to like, I think I respected, that seem fine with awful stuff and for really ugly reasons. You know, how do I deal with this? You know, I think part of the pain that you're dealing with is the sense of, do they think I agree with them? Right. Uh, because, right, I mean, right, I don't right, want right. to have to call them out on this, but I super don't. And do they know that one? Yeah, is, is silence a scent? Exactly mm-hmm. right. Here, here's the crazy thing. If you get involved, as we're all suggesting, in practical service to people in need um people will know where you stand yeah um you uh, this is the thing i I work with with poor people for a living i'm friends with plenty of people who hold very different political views than i do they all know what i think politically right right. i never have to say a word because they all they know what i do Mm -hmm. they they know what that means my my the, the decisions that I make in, in my life are a testimony of the things that I value and of, of the morals that I hold. That will be true for you as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't solve everything, but it does mean you don't have to wonder, do I need to say something so they know mm-hmm. I don't agree? If you're busily serving, for example, immigrant communities, you know, and, and you know, making sure the immigrant communities in your town, you know, are, uh, you know, have food to eat and water to drink and legal services and whatnot, the people that you're concerned about will know what you think politically. They mm-hmm. will know where you stand. You won't have to worry about it silence ascent they'll be perfectly aware and there is um even if it's bittersweet there is a peace to be had in that jed talked about a little bit earlier in this episode with the dating thing of there is a um trying to what's the economic term opportunity cost yeah uh, there's you only have so much energy you can only put towards so many people here's the thing nobody's ever changed their opinion about anything because i got argued on facebook yep no doubt yeah, now uh, you it's you, you find me a counter whatever it just doesn't happen and even if it did happen you are much better, as Glenn put out, here's, here's the best thing that ever happened to social media, the mute button, yep. mm-hmm. the unsubscribe button. Amen. You can just not hear what they say about anything. Yep. It's yep. great. And then you can go do stuff. Yep. And doing stuff will feel a whole lot better than any of this. Yep. And that can include politics. We're not particularly political people on this show. Uh, three of us work for 501c3, so we're not legally allowed to uh, espouse political opinions in public. That's not That's something right. we're supposed to do. It's not something we're interested in doing. But if part of your doing something is going to phone bank for uh, somebody you believe in or uh, calling your congressman whatever, that's all great. Sure. But that's doing something. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that will make you feel a lot better about this because here's the thing. I, I go back to Glenn's. It's a fantastic point about the difference between 
ignorance and stupidity, as he defined it. And this idea that everyone would just agree with me if I could explain to them my brilliant opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's not the way the world works. Even if you're right, there's this idea of, man, the reason, why would people even think that? There's a reason. Yeah. It's not a reason you like. It's not a pleasant reason. Yeah. But there's a reason that makes sense to them. Yeah. So occasionally, maybe you've got a good friend. Maybe you've got a family member who really want to put the time into over years and years, kind of turning them around to something. That's great. We're not telling you not to do that. You want to be prayed up on that. But uh, yeah, there's a lot more good you can do for the energy you would expend by just going out and helping people who want the help and leaving the, uh, the online arguing to others. All right. We're going to end out with that. If you have a question for us, say that podcast, gmail.com, thebridgechicago.tumblr.com. Time to talk a lot about, about kind of the faith and giving it up and the discernment focusing. So uh, I'm going to take it out of the song uh, by our friend Southern Harmonic this week. This is an old hymn called This Is My Father's World. It's a nice thing to remember mm-hmm. when you're getting wound up about political stuff, as we all do from time to time. Take out that. Thanks for listening. Just remember, we love you. God loves you. There's nothing you can do about it. Say that podcast coming soon. Our mac and cheese monkey burger rings. Yeah, <laughs> I would eat that. This is my father's world. To my listening ears All nature sings And round me rings The music of the spheres This is my father's world I rest me in the thought Of rocks and trees Of skies and is in the wondrous rock This is my father's world The birds their carols raise The morning light The lily white Let the earth be